look, you get you got the audio thing going, man, and I got the video thing. We're like a beautiful marriage. So whenever we have a baby, we got to teach that baby to how do to do both. And then we don't do any more work. We are going to exploit <laughs> this child for labor. They're going to be like, I did. I've been groomed. <laughs> I've been groomed to be a podcast producer. So much exploitation. Social media entrepreneur. I have been birthed. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to even bring this in. I'm going to figure we can, we, can, we can live in My style. My parents are fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nah, One second. Let nah, me my, shout out to my mom. She just actually... Uh, Signed a lease like two days ago oh, for shit. a house. She moved in. She has her own house now. She's got her own place now. Yeah, man. Nice. We, uh, since you know they, my parents split. Mm-hmm. Like we had lived into an apartments, and then yeah. she got hurt at work. Oh and no, then she couldn't. We couldn't know. be in an apartment anymore. So then we uh, we moved in with my grandma. And this mm-hmm. was like this is like. Seven, eight years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's Is been that under, it's that's, long. That's underground. Underground. Yeah. So uh, for many years, I they lived, my brother and my mom lived with my grandma. Mm-hmm. So my mom got employed by the city of Atlanta and hustled, got a really good job, and she was saving money up for like seven, eight years, man. And then she just bought a house. I'm so proud of her. That's, she I mean, congrats. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to my Shout mom. So I, I come from a lineage to the, of boss the, the fam, the actual fam of the faking fam. Literally faking fam. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you ever feel that pressure from you see all these sports people buying, you know, buying mama, oh, buying dad the time, these ha- these homes? Mm-hmm. And I look at my parents and I'm like, yo, can I can I get 20 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Like you're, 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 just, you're just sitting in there watching the TV and their new reports and like, Russell Wilson buys mansion for all family members. And your parents are like giving you side eye and you'd be like, uh, I, still got, I still got student loans. I'm in reverse house. Uh, thank, uh, I'll, get, I'll get you rent next month. Yeah, you, uh, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna cover my flights to come out for Christmas? Uh, uh, my- <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Are we past uh, that? Are we past uh, that? Can I? Yeah. Can you throw me a couple dollars? Yeah. No, I want some, some Chick Fil A. Like, <laughs> yeah, I get I get free reign of this fridge still, right? It's like I'm, it's like I'm back home. So yeah, it's like it's like that aspect of uh, you know looking at yeah rappers and other musicians that sign deals and like they mm-hmm. they pay their parents' student loans off, like they pay. Like that's what I want. See, I wanted to get my mom a house at first. Like that that was something we that want fueled. that. And then you're yeah. like you want to you want to give them back. Like we're not broken people. Not completely broken people. Yeah. Right? So, I want to give back. We're we're partial partially broken. Yeah, yeah, we we kind of broken, fucked up. quasi kinda, broken. Yeah, we kind of fucked up, but the, a little busted. I I want to That's the bummer <laughs> too is just with my parents being older. It's like there's that weird ticking clock because I want to be able to like make them feel proud and also Mm -hmm. you just give them money and things. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Are they still still working? Dad's pushing seven. No, they're not working. Dad's just had the 70th birthday. Yeah. And he's still trooping along. He's still, well, he's actually working, working. He's working, working. Still does manual labor. 
That's fixing stuff, building stuff. Badass. That's probably why. What? Oh, he's he's way busier and like stronger than me, and he's seventy. Wait, what is it like? What does he do specifically? Uh, he he builds things, so fences, repairs, paints, homes, all of your all the man things and that we don't man? know how to do. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Basically, everything that and he works around town. Oh, he's he, just like yeah, the he's town. back home, and because he he actually likes it. Uh huh. I think he does it. He does it cheap and well. Yeah, and he does it with his friends. So him and his best friend. Yeah, he's just run. so it's a it's a multi year uh, side hustle, and he's got like a full calendar, just book constant for months because other old people like him, and he yeah. comes out there and he knocks it out, and he likes it, and I'll never forget. I I knew I wouldn't wind up in back in North Carolina uh-huh. after school just because of our jobs and careers. It, mm-hmm. it lends itself towards a big city. Mm-hmm. And in grad school, we have that one summer between first year, second year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the last time I was going to be home. So I went back home. I didn't go to any festivals. I knew I wanted to take a break from the two-year festival that is Juilliard. Oh, look. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I go back and I stay with him. I'm, hey, I'll help you out. I'll, you know, take me with you to your gigs. Oh, do you get to follow him around? Yeah, so oh, I got to be dope. his... Uh, okay. Un- He's understudy. In the well, you, you were his cat. Hey, you were his hey, paint Dad, cat. Can I understudy you? Quiet, oh. boy. Quiet. Quiet. <laughs> and so here I am running around with, I guess, then six, you know, mid to late 60 year old man. And the sheer like work ethic. Yeah. I was like, Damn, I wish I inherited this. Focus. Like, he knows what he wants to do. He goes up there, he does it. And he would, he would bring me with him to the job. Yeah. And we worked this full day, and I'm like Zoolander. I'm, I'm walking around, I'm like, oh, I got soot on me. You know, like, oh, no, I got oh, a little no, dirty. my shoes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've cut the black lung, pup. <laughs> and I'd help him with this manual labor stuff, and he'd give me tasks to do, and I'd do them. And he would literally drop me off after, let's say, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh-huh. or whatever. He would just take me back home, drop me off, and he'd go back and like pick up tools for the next day. Damn. Or and so he. He just kept moving. And, and I'm, so, you know, I'm 20 years old. I've been to the gym. I'm like in my prime and I'm wiped out. And he's just, he just keeps going. Plugging and along. so he does that. He just, he, he always needs to be working on something. Yeah. Um, and that's really healthy. Things. And I think that's, that's why, I think that's yeah. why he's been fortunate as opposed to just some other family members. First off, I think he won a lot of the genetic slaughtery. Yeah. And shout out, you inherited that. Yeah, no, I gotta give him a hey, shout out. Be like, hey, hey come through, genetics come through. <laughs> but, but actually, like, I, I think I'm like lucky because a lot of that's a roll of the dice. Yeah. Uh, because some of my other family members on both sides, there's it's kind of like a, a, a nice, dangerous mixed bag, and that both mm. sides have opposite. Problems, or mm-hmm. it's if cancer is, is on this side, then this side has diabetes. If, if diabetes is on this side, this side yeah. has eye problem. So mm-hmm. who knows? Like I'm, I'm just spinning the wheel of misfortune. Uh, but, bro, but you also have to realize that they grew up on a diet that was like all carbohydrate. No, they grew up on such an unhealthy diet. So we hitting up a Chipotle after this. <laughs> 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 but it's true. So Cheetos. like they didn't even know though. 
But now we're oh, learning about, about we're it. learning about sunscreen it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm, How mm-hmm. you brushed your teeth, mm-hmm. you know, the milk. Probably like so- industrial materials that th- that were used. Oh, I'm sure. This is a great everything example. came from a can because that was new. Yeah, mm-hmm. microwave. But I think a lot of it was some of that genetic lottery, and that he got one side of his family as opposed mm-hmm. to another that just had specific health problems like diabetes. Because it's not like his diet is drastically outstanding than the other family members. Mm-hmm. Another part of it was the fortune of the worth ethic because he just keeps going. And mm-hmm. I just happened to be manual labor. Mm-hmm. Like if he had caught the bug of work ethic, like, you know, a software programmer or something oh, sitting yeah. at a desk all day, it might yeah. be a very different scenario. Yeah. Because he he's never gone to the gym in his life. <laughs> he's never like yeah. he's never gone for a run. He's a strong he doesn't man. have to do what a lot of people in our age do, which is you plan exercise. <laughs> and it's true though. One of my favorite stories, even that going to that realization of, you know, I'm in, let's say I'm in I'm in high school. I was in good shape because mm-hmm. I'd gone to the YMCA and hey, done a know. weightlifting program. I was always tiny, but, hell yeah, but bro. I was. You know, my you biceps were, were poking out. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm tough. I'm and tough. we're sitting there at like a diner, like a like a diner for like old people, uh-huh. a cafeteria. Oh, oh. J&S uh, cafeteria. Piccadilly? <laughs> but like one of those where you stand in line, you pull for, it looks like a school cafeteria. It's yeah. cheap. It's for old people. And we're sitting there with my family and my dad just looks at me and he doesn't say many words. He's, he's funny, sarcastic, but uh-huh. a man of few words. Uh-huh. And he looks over at me. We've never discussed me exercising or strength. <clears throat> Just looks at me. And when, he, when he's giving me that look, I'm like, okay, what's he going to say? Because <laughs> he's and he trained. Just, yeah, because, because he's trained. Like, I'm like the dog. I'm like, uh-oh, I, I need to respond to the task. Yeah. Is he going to give me a treat? And, <laughs> and he, he looks at me. And he puts his arm on the table, the elbow down. He's like, so you're strong now. And I was like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, okay. And so I've been going to the gym a lot. Yeah. Again, not big, but I've been going to the gym. I've been lifting weights. He's never gone to the gym. Yeah. He's 60 years old at this yeah. time. Yeah. Set down the arm. I, I couldn't I couldn't move it. And he's just smiling. And and not only that, he literally, we're, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. He's kind of like chuckling. And he just drags my hand over and slowly dips it into my mashed potatoes. <laughs> just a light. Like a power move. Like, and he's just laughing. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I guess that was the like. He, does he laugh slow too? <laughs> not even, I, I wish. <laughs> that was for dramatic effect. Oh, okay. He just, you know, he had a you know, nice What's his laugh shuffle. sound like? I don't even, I can't even, I can't even do it. I want to be able to do it justice. Okay, okay. But it's, it is, the, it's, it's that power move. He knew, he won, mm-hmm. he just. He squashed my hand down to my mashed potatoes and enjoyed mm-hmm. it every second. Of it. And he just doesn't do things like that. Like I'm gonna troll my kid all the time. Uh huh. But for him to just do that out of the blue and that he knew it's like okay, I'm I'm still the boss. I'm still the boss. <laughs> well, it's also like that's a really at least between males that's like an mm-hmm. establishment of dominance, which is necessary because boys are batshit crazy. And like if you. If there's nobody in charge, they think they're in charge. Yeah. So you need to let them I'm know. Because the my dad did that shit too. Like we'd be at Red Lobster and be like, "Okay, you wanna, you wanna go?" I think I was like, "What?" I was like, probably eleven, and I used to help him in the yard and stuff. Mm-hmm. Strapping young lad, I would like work hard at recess, but I wasn't lifting. 
but he was a bodybuilder. Like, oh god! Yeah, he That's used to, like yeah he uh, said. He, remember him saying his max was like three sixty or something like that. Like in their old pictures of him just being fucking ripped. So, I mean, bodybuilding, that's a different beast. So I got that. Like, he would go to the gym, he would go to the sauna, then he would go in the pool and he would talk about the endorphins and stuff. I was like, okay, I guess I have to figure that out. So I'm figuring that shit out now. Anyway, big dude, since we were born, stopped working out. So, you know, he, he's, he's oh. round <laughs> yeah, everywhere, he's little, but he's still big. Got a you know, fluff. he's, still, he's I, still, but he's still big, thick dude. So I try to, Try to try to put my arm up, and, and and his hand like collapses around mine. I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're not gonna win this one. Yeah, and this immediately, is... boom. <laughs> oh no, because he and my mom would do it sometimes too mm-hmm. uh, for fun. But uh, yeah, that would be the. They would always talk about arm wrestling. You just got to do it quick. Do it quick. Do it quick. Boom. Wreck. <laughs> ding ding ding. So, ding ding ding. I'm the winner. But win win it, it is dinner. true, look, looking at him, like how fortunate. Yeah, because in his family, like his father, who yeah. died very young when he was young, so mm-hmm. way back, uh, I finally saw photos. And I'm like, oh, I get it. Like where they kind of people look naturally mus- muscly. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like smaller than them because of the mom's side. They're like more lanky than. But the dad's side, like na- I, if he didn't do anything, Same he would naturally me. look like he have arms. And so even on my tiny yeah. body, it's fortunate that I don't, even if I take a break from working out for a year, it almost always looks like I have biceps and triceps. Dude, people. And they're like, dude, are you lifting? I'm like, I haven't done anything for a year. Like I I just <laughs> ate, I ate an entire bag of Stacy's pita <laughs> and it looks like I have arms. But also I got his little poochie belly. And so I have to work on that. I have to yeah. work on the poochie belly. Bro. Literally everything you said. I think this is why we're like, yeah. we get along because this is literally how like my family is. My mom's side is more slender, mm-hmm. uh, and my dad's side they're all thick, like fingers, like sausages. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get that healthy balance. You get the healthy balance, but this person's just I get bo- right. Just right. I like the proportions. I like how it worked out for me. But what's crazy is like, yes, in in. When I was in college, mm-hmm. uh, I like uh, Juilliard. When I was at Juilliard, I wasn't lifting. People always be like, "Man, you lifting?" Be like, "Bro, <laughs> yeah. I just had Kennedy's fried chicken six nights in a row because <laughs> <laughs> I was practicing so much." Yeah, but the probably the best like actual shapes and not even looks or physical because when you're young. And you did a lot of sports, so that probably yeah, helped. man. That I helped. didn't do I didn't do anything. Oh, you didn't. But I did this. I went to the gym for some periods of time. It's always like I've always had. I've never had a consistent. It's a year of gym. It's a year of not gym. It's a year yeah. of this. It's a year of that. So I've never really done a through line. But my best true shape would have been at Juilliard, beginning of that second year, mm. because I'd gone up to New York. I was finally getting older where I couldn't just ride the young person metabolism. Mm-hmm. And I, I was looking a little poochy. Mm-hmm. I was looking a little... Just, you, I was trying to look sharp or natural. I was looking a little flat. You were, you were trying to I was, emulate the kangaroo. Yeah, I was dough, I was dough flat. <laughs> and I was, I, was trying to, I was trying to look at whatever's funny, another soulfish joke. <laughs> I was trying to look tea, but I was looking dough flat. Dude, I feel that. And, you know, honestly, I found that, like, 
diet has changed a lot of that. Because, like, yeah, I naturally That's probably the a, biggest. It's well, all They say diet. that's the big, like, it, it has a much bigger impact on the exercise. Mm-hmm. But what I knew was that I had to finally do something. Mm-hmm. And when you're living in New York, it's it's very easy because you're walking around, you're forced yeah. to stand. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is when you're living in a dorm in New York, and that dorm is next door, door. <laughs> and you have a cafeteria. You ain't moving them. You're not doing. No, I was not a much. real New Yorker. I was yeah. walking less than when I had a car in North Carolina because yeah. out the door, walk across the street, mm-hmm. go up, elevator, elevator, elevator. Wait, wh- what was that like? The fact that you never did. You just never go out into the city. Absolutely not. Really? That is so fucking. Isn't that? Isn't that wild? weird? Isn't it weird? That's no, I had so no, weird. If you're if you're telling me wait. like, yo, come up to 96th Street. I'd be like, ooh, that's wait, really, that's, that's uptown. Wait, wait, wait. That's uptown. That's real? Yeah. Wait, that's real. Oh, that's real. that makes Juilliard make so much more sense. Yeah. Oh, well, you have God. some people who live so far away and then others, particularly because all the undergrads would have to go through that. I know. So oh, my God. That's why it feels like a little bubble. It's because they, the dorm is next door. They need to figure something out and get an off-campus dorm because I think that'll fix so many problems. To ex- experience actual New York, I had no idea because I because you're because that's how you meet bars. Like, that's how you go to bars and you make connections to be not entrepreneurial. To like, let me go play with my quartet well, here. Well, the real you problem know? too um, with having the dorm in that little ecosystem so tight is also in that surrounding area. It's not really livable either. Mm. So we have a lot of classmates who'd have more funds available to them through family or whatever. And even if you lived very close, which is very convenient, mm-hmm. the big problem is that there's in that Lincoln Center area, in that particular spot, it's not really residential. Yes, there's expensive apartments, but there's not really a good grocery store. <laughs> Heck, the fairway just closed down. It's shut down. So there's wait, not, wait, which one? The fairway the, on 74th. 74th? No way. That fairway, the down? company uh, just went under. What? Yeah. So. So what that means is that the only thing you can go to is five or six blocks away, Columbus Circle, to a Whole Foods. Like, you don't have a real cheap grocery. Wait, Amazon killed Fairway? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't say that. But. Jeff, I'm <laughs> Jeff. coming for you. I'm coming for you. Fairway was a New York national treasure. No, it's gone. It's a New York treasure. Wow, bro. I had a, I had a Fairway... Uh, right by my apartment on one twenty, um, one thirty fifth and Broadway, mm. like it would be down this hill, and there'd be this. Be- but going into Fairway was so intense because it had so, so much, much of everything. It was beautiful, and it was artisanal. It was such a great market. You could find lots of different things. It's enjoyable, but you can't really live in this area. Actually, live. The bars are too expensive, even though there's lots of residences. It's it's older people, so there's not young fun hangs that you get up closer to a Columbia, for instance, where it's mm-hmm. an actual campus, you can feel like you're part of an environment. Juilliard is a building. It's not a campus, it's a building. Yeah. And so you don't get that school feeling. I think that's one of the big reasons why it's hard uh, to f- really feel like a part of a community. Even mm. though it's so small, it should be easier. But look at the difference between Columbia and even NYU. Because NYU does have a nice campus area, but it's really sucked in by the city. Mm-hmm. In that you can be walking around NYU campus. Not everyone there is involved with NYU. Washington Square Park's right there. 
Mm-hmm. Odds are most people in that square, which is in the middle of the campus, is people not involved in your school. Julia, the moment you step out of that door, mm-hmm. that person does not go to your school. That is your, your community's over. That's just someone on the random street. Yeah. And Columbia, and think about our undergrads, you, you're surrounded by people. If you're on Columbia's campus walking around, there's a great chance you're part of that environment. Yeah. Uh, you're used to that system. Mm-hmm. They're younger. They get you that professor. It, it feels that campus environment, I think, is important to build that community. When you go to the bars around Columbia, there's a good chance they have something to do with mm-hmm. Columbia. Uh, you don't get that with a Juilliard. No. They closed down no. the one bar everyone we used to go to. Was it Harry's? I don't know. Oh, was yeah. Mexican mm-hmm. bar. Because yeah, yeah. there was one place yeah. that had cheap drinks <laughs> mm-hmm. or a happy hour, and everyone went to it, and they closed that down. I went and, there when I auditioned. And my joke yeah. was that someone finally ate the food there, and that's where they had to shut it down. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd only go for drinks in the down, yeah. downstairs area. But oh, anyways, man. less uh, insider trading. Wow, we missed these, out on that, Julia's. man. Yeah. Maybe that's why I couldn't oh, haul it. Oh, you I missed that's out right. on that because I auditioned. I was right after you. I was right after you. Because they closed it down in between the year, and they put in some other... It was even up in 2014 when I went and auditioned in March. I went there with Dave Rochella. Um, mm-hmm. And Alice Hong was there. And uh, a couple other people that are like in the classical music realm doing awesome yeah. things. I just can't remember their names because I don't ever go on Facebook anymore. Yeah, good. <laughs> Dude, I've forgotten a lot of people's names because I don't go on Facebook and get caught up. The weird I'm like, thing where do now, I know this person from? It just happened, and we'll we'll save it because that episode will roll out later. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've enjoyed is meeting people down the road who I didn't interact with much at school. Mm-hmm. So like Isabel. Yeah. I I didn't yeah. talk. I literally yeah. thought about it after we recorded that episode, which is coming yeah. up in your feed soon. Oh yeah. Uh, and and I'm gonna be on her podcast, so keep an eye out for that. Check, check it. Check, check. The the thing that surprised me, I didn't even think about it through this whole process. Pretty sure we actually had a class together. Really? A small one. Really? But we just didn't really interact. And that just oh. goes to show you the community. We always, we knew, we always knew of each other. Yeah, yeah. And. It's hard to really know people. Because yeah. everybody's struggling. And <laughs> you're all struggling, but plus because there is no campus environment. People come in, they do their things. They're going to find their little group. And they gotta go because home, I'm living with the dorm, sleep. I'm with the dorm people. These people, they're living with the Upper West Side, or really the uh, Washington Heights crowd. And so there's just a couple different colonies of people. And you're going to have different lives just because Bro, of how you go around. Did you ever have a, um, did you ever have like an off-campus experience? Barely. When did you move I, out? Uh, graduation. You never had that it was experience. two years. Bro, yeah. I, I can tell you coming, like I was living off campus. Yeah. Because um, I, I couldn't get Well, plus born. they couldn't. The, after my year, because they accepted a larger pool yeah, of undergrad, were, it, it squashed all the grad. grad students too yeah. in my class. But, yeah. So they they only people very few cases could get in. Like uh-huh. you need to have a special reason or international or something. Yeah. Uh, and I was grandfathered in. I got to stay, and I so, just did it okay. for convenience. And so I don't regret that because it was very convenient. Yeah, and it's hard. Travel to... time and 
cooking time. And because what I've been saying, I've said multiple times on this, for composers, you don't get to meet people. Yeah. I think I was one of the few who made, an, who made it a point mm-hmm. to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. Because that's I knew that's it. what I was paying money for. And yeah. I knew the easiest way to do that was to live among them. You know what? And that's part of it, too. And, and I... I didn't feel very close to Juilliard because I didn't live there. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like that was better for me. You could me. also escape That it. was more healthy. I could never yeah. escape it. it and I think that was... More so it's that... Yeah. It's a nice little catch-22. That's why I look back at my time there very fondly because it was so romantic. Like, I, I <laughs> was a single man in New York City. I, I lived in a two-bedroom apartment with four... Four dudes lived in a two-bedroom apartment. Like, it was, when I first moved there, it was a struggle. Getting on the subway every day, man. Like, late nights, coming away from a late rehearsal and then again. See, I didn't have to, so it was convenient because I didn't have to deal with that. But also, I missed the I didn't, I don't really consider in my mind the two years I was there that I lived in New York. No, I lived in a a three-block square radius. (laughs) The... The first realization was thinking of the few times I went up to a party or something. Yeah, up up the one train to, uh, to what is very close technically. Like thinking, oh my god, Nathan's up on like ninety fifth Street. Oh, it's, it's, I know it's really far up there. And then ne- and then I graduate <laughs> and I move to one eighty one, a hundred streets above what I thought was north. And yet there's 60 more streets above that Manhattan. And Manhattan's honestly, that's huge. not even that bad. 181's a great spot yeah. to live, man. Yeah, not not where I was, but... <laughs> well, no, it's it's also dangerous. Well, <laughs> by, by specific area was... It's where they it's where they film what... what when, when they're showing, like, Harlem in the 70s or 80s. Kung. They don't... They can't film in Harlem anymore. It's too nice. So yeah. they come up to my side of Washington Heights and they're like, this is... This looks like urban crime from the 70s. <laughs> uh, no, literally, they, they. I remember they posted warning sites they were going to blow up a building uh-huh. or blow up a storefront uh-huh. for like Luke Cage uh-huh. and like all these other <laughs> old superheroes. That's super uh, dope. Like, uh, this is, I lived in like Gotham for, for yeah, bro. and I loved it. Isn't it, isn't it dope? It's so romantic. Yeah, it, it feels good. I but lived, now I lived in a closet it's... in Gotham. Well, because I was on the the one train side of yep. 181. Yeah, not the, bl- the, one the, eight, not the, the A. The, I was on the east side, Bronx yeah. facing side of 181. You no, I was the, not on the, that part's always been nice. The west. Nice. Yeah. And it's all it's all blowing up though. And it's all such a tiny area. Even even I went back, because then I moved out of the area for a year and a half. Though I, I wound up there last time, I believe. So I was in New York and I went up and I'm like seeing all these new things pop up. <gasps> Bro, I'm going to be back in New York. When you going back? I'm gonna be good. What's gonna taking be back, you back? Uh, 29th and 30th of May, Ooh. because um, it's been confirmed I am going on tour with this EDM band called Above and Beyond. Damn, <clears throat> brother! Six EDM weeks. band tour. So this is yeah. I, I talk, they're doing an acoustic tour, so it's a string quartet, and we're playing. We're like. Playing string quartet arrangements and we're like, wild and acoustic. With these guys, yeah, and we're doing Kennedy Center. We're doing Radio what? City. Yeah, all the classics. That'll be nice. And six weeks is good because it's not too long. Yep. And then I'm. A, and so what's cool is like we're gonna come back from tour, 
and then our Agora show on the 18th. That's I'll right. Be, I guess I'll we can call town. it. I'll I guess be we can, yeah, we can call it now. We're yeah. starting up our live yeah. shows. We got them in the books. We won't yeah. throw out this, yeah, the specifics yet, but we finally still, heard it here now. But, Mar- but it's March, baby, so we're cooking. We're, we're getting, cooking. We're, we're going to be... Uh, we're gonna be looking for our talent. Going on. We're gonna look for our talent. We're having a meeting so to maybe get a studio. Yeah, get in a stew. Next week. Next week. we got things. Yeah, we told you. We told you. We 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 are making move. We're making attempts for moves. We're faking it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. We are, like, moves are in prog- yeah. progress. I don't know. I think that's part of the fun of like, you know, some podcasts they like. Don't ever, it's like, we're in a new studio now. We were, we didn't want to talk about it until it was here. I don't know, man. I think that it's like how, it's like play homie play. It's like my motto. Like, it's not about the perfection. It's about the process. And it's about just- Trust the do, process. Trust the process. Um, and I, I feel like talking to you guys is like, it's kind of like a way that I get to communicate how I'm trying to move my life and, and kind of keep people updated on what's going on. I it like just kinda, that's why I like this. The thing I like too is it holds us to some degree accountable <laughs> because yeah. you're you're putting the thoughts out there and not in yeah. like a a self actualization methodology, whatever. Yeah. But other people have heard about it. We get to talk through it live. And a couple of people have reached out with like the feedback of like what they like about it mm-hmm. and even some of the comments mm-hmm. um which you you too can provide please with five do stars. all the if comments you, are going to trevor if, like if his friends tell comments. him like i tell people nobody tells me they like the podcast yes. if you like it tell me tell please. tell true tell i want to share it. i want to shout you out send it out like if you, i want to know good, who, who is in the faking you. fam we will boost you yeah right now the faking fam it's not like i can go to followers and see who's in there i don't know who's listening yeah we actually don't get much data on that later yeah um, when people have reached out, it's one of the things they like is the behind the scenes type talk. Even yeah. even though half the Julia stuff we just talked about is yeah. is probably useless <coughs> for, majority, uh, for a majority <laughs> of people, it's still talking about these external things or the non-standard because you can go to other you can go to other pods and you can look up anywhere on audition methods or how someone yeah. did this or what they're doing currently. I'm not but, an expert. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, we're not trying to do We're trying to fake here. I'm faking. But I, I think one thing I like to do here is to just be open about the process. Yeah. Like, we, the show hasn't happened, but we're in talks about it and we can withhold <clears throat> necessary information uh, to not well, spoil things or, like, put things out there that are not realistic. But we, we've talked about the troubles of the pod are going live and not doing video. And we just say why we don't do it. And I think that I, I, I appreciate that from other channels mm-hmm. and podcasts. It's authentic. Yeah. It's authentic and it's informative mm-hmm. whenever mm-hmm. We, we, we go up to someone yeah. and you paid for ads. Like, how's that going? And they're yeah. Like, Oh, it barely turned over anything. Great. Let's not waste yeah. our money. Or you, what you guys really need to do is this. And things like that. Yeah. Okay, it, good. Give it what, I, what I think is really different too is it's not that we are saying things that we're going to do. It's like after we've established and- They're in motion. That things are in motion, right? Now, 
I forgot this is LA. It ain't like New York. If you say something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. LA is wild out here. Like stuff yeah, it can, doesn't happen. Like, yeah. I've I've definitely seen things like just, you know, I'll show up for a performance and everybody on stage that is there to do that performance, uh, sometimes not everybody that was there initially will end up on the stage at the performance. That's what I'm going to say. And that's <laughs> all I'm going to say. You know, it things change. Things change. <laughs> things change. Yeah. So, but anyway, I, I think, I think that, um, I think that things are going to get really interesting. We're going to need to do some, uh, we're going to need to do some backlogs. Yeah, to build these up since uh, we've got the shows coming going up. Going into April. Yeah. I'll be in town, so I'm going to try to stay in town. We'll backlog it, and then maybe we can, because we finally had a successful remote session. Yeah. And I'm looking more into that. And I, I think it's, one, it's getting- From the tour. Yeah. Talk from the tour. I and that's actually, like. it's a fantastic idea. Yeah. I think it can be easily done. One of the things I was thinking about, cause as opposed to the Christmas episodes with the remote, the hard part was is that we were both sick mm-hmm. and- Having to keep quiet because parents and family in the other room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sitting there. It's, you know, Christmas Eve. It's like, hey, wiener, 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 wiener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, mom. Yeah, yes, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, quiet down. No. Yes, Dana. Oh, okay. okay. Mm. I, I, no, mom, I, I don't like wieners. I mom, I don't like mom, wieners. No, it but... was a joke. I don't have two buttholes. But no, can, mom, you, can, you put a, can you put a wiener on the pan, though? Oh, you want to? You want to? Oh, you, you want a house? You want a house? Ooh, sorry, mom. That's uh, here's a piece of gum. <laughs> but but actually, I'm gonna need that back. For, yeah, for a I got later. a date later. <laughs> Love you, grandchildren. Grand mm. Bye. Bye. Okay, hey everybody, we're back from the for the podcast. We won't make too much noise tonight, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think getting used to it. The, the last remote episode was great. And I, I like that element, kind of the from the tour. Because yeah. how how many places are you going? Is it mostly East Coast? Is it West Coast? Uh, it's all over just the major cities. We're doing we're doing DC. It's it's it we're doing Houston and Austin. We're doing Nashville. Um New York, of course. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of LA shows. And then we're gonna culminate in a show with the Colorado Symphony at Red Rock. Damn, that'll be yeah, funny too for you to dope. see some old colleagues. Who's there now? So I know Seth uh, Biagini. I don't know. He's a cellist. Know. Do you know Seth? He's really Maybe. quiet, funny, nice guy. He was undergrad, but he was over. We're at that age where like when you go, like there are people you know You're gonna in the see, symphony. That's so crazy. I forgot. Jennifer Choi, she was there. She's not there. She's, She's Dallas. at Dallas. Oh, um, wait, are we and, going to Dallas? And, I could probably hit her up. There you go. Yeah, I think we're going to and Dallas too. Is, uh, Emily, M eleven. She's. Oh yeah, she's in Dallas as well. She's a heart player. Like, yeah, people, man, yeah. people are popping up everywhere. Yeah, people popping up everywhere. That'll be funny though. You'll be on the other side. Like you're the cool, exciting thing showing up. It's like yeah, it'd be like yo, my oh, my my, the... have the tables turned. No, no, it's like yeah, no. I'm the reason they're rolling their eyes, and yeah. honestly, Drew, that's Drew where I want to be. Drew walks, <laughs> Drew walks in with a top hat. Like nothing else. It's just, Drew watch buys a me. suit. Like no one else is wearing a tux up there, but Drew walks in with a freaking, a freaking large top hat, and he's just like, 
Oh, oh, that was the zoot, Symphony zoot. Cake. Zoot. Yeah. I'm looking zoot, like zoot, the Ryan. fucking Monopoly man. I'm like, <laughs> look, and I'm I've been, I, I was like 30 years from now, and I was I got too bored with all the bills, other stuff. Bills falling so out. I just write a, a hip hop symphony, <laughs> and then I come in and I'm like guest conductor. Yeah, collect that check. Just doing hood rat like, shit. <laughs> They're like, this is just my, a troll dude. This troll is my dude. 18th time playing Beethoven stuff. Just seven. be the biggest caricature of like a hip hop artist ever. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> uh, that will be. That's got to be a fun something. experience, though. Showing up and you're on the you're on the other side of the of the glass. Yeah, with man. These symphonies. It's it's gonna be surreal. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, it's what it what it. I mean, when I was uh, in, I was a senior going into senior of high school going into college for the first time i soloed with the atlanta symphony orchestra mm-hmm. i played at ebenezer baptist church where martin luther king gave very famous uh speeches it was for uh uh god what was it called the uh it's in my viola case i still have it there i can't the the name i want to get the name exactly right so what i'm going to do is when i go home and i and open my case to practice. I'm gonna post this in my uh, my uh, my story, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be a, a program because I've kept that program. It's ten years old now. Well, you keep it in the case. I, I love keep that. it in my case. I take it with me everywhere because for me that was a big moment where I realized, oh, maybe I could do this professionally because I also they also pay me like hundred twenty bucks. Word. And when Bro, you're dude, when you got over 18. when you got three figures and and you're in high school. You're a god. I was like, I would do this for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play the Walton Viola Concerto first movement for free. And now they got to like, they do PayPal me or I'm not opening the scene. You mean I can buy <laughs> myself and my girlfriend at the time? I can buy us dinner? What? I am the most badass 18 year old ever. You know, <laughs> video games. That's where we know. No, and then, and then I will play video games with my yeah. friends. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just want to get back. I haven't played games in so long, man. I feel different. I I feel less happy. Yeah, we've. I ever everyone else has already heard in earlier seasons my diatribe about giving up games, and I was just less yeah. happy and still not as effective. Bro, do you want to go to a Smash tournament on Saturday with me? I'm go. I'm gone. Is it this Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're yeah, gone sorry, already. Man. Next one. I, I met some friends like. Uh, Michelle Huang, she's a flute player okay. here in um, in LA. She plays Smash, and so she's introduced me to a bunch of musicians in town that play Super Smash. I, I want to play. We can come and network. We can go and network, so we can go as a doubles. Play. I got, we can go as a doubles. We can make videos, I play a bro. Lot of games, but I, I'm not. We can I'm not on the new Smash, bro. It's okay. I gotta get that game, bro. I gotta get bro. that system. I can Venmo you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just Amy. Amy doesn't have to know. She doesn't See, have to know. She doesn't I, listen, I bro. She, comes home. she doesn't listen. She, ha- yeah, she, doesn't, she doesn't listen. Know. She doesn't I'm going to go out and bro. just buy a Switch. And she's she's like, I'm going to go go off to work and work hard for family. I'm like, yeah, me too. I got a busy day. Smash. And then and, and it's like, okay. And then you text me. Okay, Drew, you can come up. Okay. All right, all right. Pull up. <laughs> pull into, she, pull up. Okay. Her car's left the garage. You can pull in. Can okay, pull, in. pull in. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We got to put in nine hours to push it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got to get content. Super Smash Bros. And then we just do stupid challenges and just make music <laughs> puns the whole time. The so, that could be fun. What's that guy who <laughs> I I love the stupid internet challenges. The guy who played 
for instance, like the Joker character, and every yeah. time he, he's like, I'm gonna play 10, 10, 10 games, yeah. and for every loss, I have to stop and watch the watch. full Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he did it. How yeah. he brought? Like, had to watch it like four times. This guy was playing so funny. This How- guy, uh, Lil Z, was doing yeah. that with uh, with the Incineroar. Uh-huh. The the cat like wrestling and so every time he lost he went to go watch cats. Oh, that's and he had to worst. watch it like four times. Oh, that's so. And so he started. He ended the video with a review of the. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love it was it cat puns great, the whole time. It was so good. And I love that they set the clock there, and so yeah, they're gonna fast forward the movie, but they they want to make sure you know that they actually did it. Just so imagine funny. four times in a row watching the Cats movie. You have to go see now. And, and you can tell <coughs> they're on tilt the whole time. <coughs> yeah, because no, they're tilted. If, if I lose this next game. The stakes are I, so high. The stakes are so high. Like, I wish I would just die oh. in real life. Like, that's how. But how they're making YouTube money, so it's fine. They yeah. can, it, they can, it, it's content. Like, that's an investment oh, in business. Content. It's hilarious. But it's just the investment <clears throat> of your actual time. I love and the. Your day. I just love the sheer absurdity. Of just having yeah, they did the one movie. with the Mega Man. No, a uh, Sonic did. movie. Oh, he did with no. the Sonic. And he he had to watch that like four times because he's not a good Sonic player. That'd be great. With the, <laughs> they got to do that with the Mario and then and make them watch the old, that oh, terrible, old famous, famously terrible Mario. We movie. should do that, dude. We should oh do that. God. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. And then we could end the video uh, doing a cover of it, <laughs> doing a cover of like of like the Mario theme. Oh my There's God. a way for us to do stuff, man. Like I, I just want to get creative, and so that's why, like, I'm very happy to like maybe be uh, gigging or teaching or gigging less or creating. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. We can even again openly talk about the process. Like one thing that I'm happy with this new position I found myself in mm-hmm. is that it's flexible, mm-hmm. plays well. I like it. It's music, and. Now it's just reminding myself to be okay not accepting a lot of other things. Yeah. Being able to say no. Yeah. And because I've done a bad job about it and I've just been tired. Uh-huh. And it just, it's draining. Even though the problem is, is it's things I'd even want to do. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these gigs coming in are like, yeah. oh, this is good for me. I want to do this. Mm-hmm. It pays. Mm-hmm. But yet I'm putting it off, mm-hmm. getting delayed and mm-hmm. pushing it back. I'm just tired. It's just too many things. And yeah. trying to figure out to just be like a, being comfortable and not needing to take on these things mm-hmm. or being more reasonable with deadline proposals and these mm-hmm. types of things. I was doing that with influencer shit, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I'm feeling it right now. Like I've been taking on more work because there was no work at the time. Yeah. And they contact you months in advance. Uh and they take forever to get you the product. Well, you whatever, bumped into but. this with gigs. I mean, recently you get the big call, and it's oh my god, you you know, you're, you're flying away that weekend. Yeah, yeah and now yeah. that's happening. It's happening less so like that for me, mm-hmm. but even then, these little things stack. And then oh, if it takes, shit. and if it takes, the problem is, is if if one one or two things, um, if one or two things fall in the system, you know, because you got to live your your normal life, things crop up. You gotta go pick up the dog. You gotta go on a trip for a weekend. If if something gets pushed by two days, all it does is ram into everything else. Yes, exactly. You're screwed. Yeah. And so I just have to build in more time of either just saying no to stuff, or just more realistically assess the fact that some things will 
mess up in the schedule and in the system mm -hmm. and really plan for that because it's happened mm -hmm. enough now consistently to where if just one thing goes wrong and almost always one thing will go wrong mm -hmm. they're going to ram into that and so then yeah then you're either i'm splitting energy and being inefficient at multiple things mm -hmm. or i'm missing deadlines with multiple things but you're being you're being really uh this is called wisdom you're gaining mm -hmm. wisdom i gotta put wisdom in the action <laughs> it's hard because it's you're afraid that because you're getting client work like yeah, people are it's client work reaching out to you and i think if they just didn't like me then i don't know if i'd call me again or with someone you know you want some dependability there's people to trust but it's That's just part of it. i've just been noticing yeah like consistently more things have just gone awry with the schedule mm -hmm. and i think it's adapting to a more adult life to where i don't have all night to work and stuff well here's what yes exactly you you have a dog you yeah. have a well, relationship well the dog and the relationship's like a big part of it yeah cuz she's going to come home you can't home. work like a dog i can't i can't work like a dog i got to take care of a dog yeah exactly um, and I think this is the phase of life that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. We're not like just fresh out of college. Like, yes, we are in scheme of things. We've both set ourselves up entrepreneurially in ways where people will want to request our specific services. Mm -hmm. Because of that, it at least for me, it sounds like for you, this the faucet is turning on. Yeah. The faucet is turning on. And so whereas before it was like you get the call once every six months, you're getting it a lot more. So it's becoming more regular. And so you're being used to saying yes to everything. And then you have so much piled on that Even, it makes things difficult. Yeah. Well, there's just too, there's too much water. Too and I much. think also it's a yeah. realization of energy. So I, I just have less energy. times to do things. Exactly. And they take more energy. I'm yeah. not as good at working late at night. Yep. And Me neither. I've been tired. And plus trying to shift priorities towards relationship or yep. I, I just don't I don't work on the weekends as, and I used to work every yep. every single day I was always doing something and Amy Wise is like you can't you can't do this you know like we well, have to do have, stuff yeah man I and don't it's just wise yeah. like, so, and so yeah. I don't but the problem is is now having to understand that in order to do that I have to give up some things or become more efficient during the week. And so I don't think I've developed the, yeah. I haven't adapted. I'm in that gray area to where I've like finally the past year. So particularly for moving out here, like understood that, no, I'm not going to just try to squeeze it in on the weekend on like these off hours. Like, no, I've got to set that time, set that time aside, but I haven't, the efficiencies haven't coming elsewhere. That's real world shit though, yeah. man. Like this is stuff people need to hear. It's like, things come up in life, like mm -hmm. beautiful people that make your life happy and you need to devote time and energy into them. Mm -hmm. And so it's about being pragmatic. So you have this wonderful relationship and you have this dog here and you have bills to pay. You have so many more things to focus on and you need to regiment your time accordingly. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm saying when people are complaining about being single, you don't understand how lucky you are in terms of the amount of time you have. Mm -hmm. And you need to devote your time to building that thing. And, and no, it's like using the time, like, I don't have time wisely. So I don't so have to use it spend wisely. energy to yeah. find everyone's got time. Yeah. It's 
we actually all do. It's like I, I'm self-aware and that I'm not efficient. I just haven't been able to execute. And I, yeah. I actually, if we, we swing it back to the family. Here, let me tilt my mic up a little more. Tilt it up. Tilt it up. Oh, oh so much tilt. Oh. <laughs> tilt. Oh, my God, the tilt. Hey, he's strong, ladies and gentlemen. He comes from great genetics. Oh, my God. But speaking of that, so I was just about to shift to genetics. I think you just become more aware. Maybe it's in our age and when the parents are getting older and family members are passing, friends and people our age are passing away. Mm -hmm. Traumatic things are happening. You just start to notice more of what got you to where you are. You have more information. You have more data to assess why you do the things you do mm-hmm. and what things led to that. So thinking of genetics, like one of the things I've noticed is that, you know, what I've gotten from each of the parents or grandparents, like how things have flown in and then trying to use that to inform, like what can I do to change? And so I love my, my dad has an insane work ethic, focused. He goes and he does the work. And he comes home and he's done. He's always doing something to fix the house, improve things. And he doesn't complain about doing the little tasks. The crap I think our generation wants to not do. Mm-hmm. He's, he's mowing the grass. The machines when, will yeah, do. When I left the house he, and was no longer mowing, he just picked it right back up. It wasn't a day of complaint. He wasn't trying to offload the task to intern. He, he's like, the grass needs to be mowed. Humans the bushes need to be changed. Me. And so he, but, but he's very, yeah, con- consistent and understand that things need to get done, whether it's big or small, mm-hmm. whether it's long-term or short-term, he's doing things and he's always doing the, the, that little like do 1% every day type, type mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. He does it. He mm-hmm. keeps going. He builds stuff. He moves on. And well, I don't like, like doing that He sounds like a warrior. He sounds like an old school warrior he's, he's old that school. understands. He's old school like, and he just, yeah. it's methodical in what he does. That's I've a warrior noticed that mentality. I don't, I don't want to wake up every day and do, I don't, I don't possess that innate desire to go in and just do the task every day, to go into the wood shop every day. Even though a lot of what we do requires a lot of that. I'm a lot more like my mother and that very spacey, we we yeah. we move around, but she, I always I always because I love her and I see her, and now I realize oh oh no wonder I observe it. It's because that's a lot like me. Yeah. So she'll have a lot of tasks, and she'll be worried about the to do list, and she'll be thinking about how yeah. to go about the task yeah. for so long, and she'll be like looking around, and yeah. it turns out like nothing gets done because she's like <laughs> I got a busy day, and I really have to just get this laundry going, yeah. and I want to do. This thing, you know, it's just a lot going on. And so yeah. if I think about it, and then like four hours That's later. That's a and, hard job. And it turns dude. out she's not done. Nothing has has been done. Yeah. Um, but also she's very caring. She takes care of family. Uh-huh. She does all these other things. That's but like the specific role. of like realizing I'm, I've got more of her when it comes to the work and it's the focus. So the dad just, dad just knows. He goes in, do tasks. Things need to be done. He never complains about it. He doesn't think about it. He's he's not trying to update the process ever, but he he gets it done. It always gets done, and it doesn't matter how big or small that task is. He goes in there, and That's then so mom funny. is more like us. I feel like hardworking <laughs> yeah. parents produce artists. Mm-hmm. Like really, like wake up at three in the morning, work until ten a.m. 
then go on your laptop and start working on your undergrad or finish your undergraduate mm -hmm. degree and then do your master's right after in a row. Instead of student loans, uh, make sure dinner's ready, you know, had lunches packed and had lunches out, you know, like then took us to rehearsal, took us to whatever. It's wild to think of this, the energy expense of parenting. Yeah. Everyone talks about it. Yeah. Like all it was things such a fucking hot. She fucking hot. I don't know how. Yeah. Like the, I learned. parents did all that. I talked to her on the phone. I think it was yesterday. And I was like, yo, honestly, like I look back at like when I was making videos mm -hmm. every day, when I was posting to Instagram every day, when I was doing it sometimes twice a day. I was like, where did I get this grind from? Like, where where did I learn how to do it? And I just remembered, oh, I saw my mom do it. Mm -hmm. Like, just no, just like, didn't matter if she was tired, didn't matter if she had no energy, it had to be done. And it was done. And that's how I felt about editing most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> the, just like, oh God, this is not a creative process. And even with, you know? so of course, you know, just like understanding like the sheer time and energy suck of parenting is that you're forced to be efficient. We talked yeah. about that recently with auditions. I can't remember. One of the big New York, you know, Matt, New York Phil, Valley, whatever, uh, cellist, and she had the article written about her as as a mother, like going in there and it forced her to be efficient. Mm -hmm. Our recent guest, yeah, Chris I think Hendricks, about that. Yeah. had, he has an adorable little daughter running around and he's had to change his life. He, mm -hmm. But he goes out gets a set, like selling insurance, day job, does this. He's still doing his artist hustle. And what has he had to do? He's had to be just become more efficient. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really seem like he's slowed down at all on mm -hmm. any in, in any artistic endeavor. He's just <clears throat> had to adapt. Mm -hmm. One neat thing I heard about with the real like shift in parenting type things, like what actually changes, because everyone's like, oh, it's going to change so much. And it's like, it doesn't necessarily have to, but what I've always heard... Um, people who thought they'd be immune to it and like mm. they'll just just handle it as it goes is the perspective shift of then realizing that you're not the center of the universe is that once you see that other little human and it's your little human it's like uh oh I have to serve mm -hmm. this yeah. other person or like I need to do things for ideally sometimes world. it doesn't sometimes it like doesn't if you're broke, if you're broken enough this mm -hmm. you, the switch is broken like that mm -hmm. flip that's supposed to happen. And so I, I yeah. hear it even from Amy's parents talking about like the mom could just sleep forever, sleep for, you know, sleep through anything, like very like sleeper in the moment, having kids, like boom, like has trouble sleeping all the time. Like worries, other things, these, these switches flip. Man, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And it was just like little that things she, like that. That means like she things, loves you. Yeah, like things she drastically change. She loves you change. guys, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. She can't sleep. Hey, look, look, I would like a, you know, if there's a lady out there that Can't stays up at night thinking about me, thinking, is he going to be okay? Is he going to make <laughs> enough money? You know? Dude, and the answer is no. no. It's you like, know, nah, 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 nah. I, I did some busking. <laughs> I know. I honestly like want to get back into that, man. I, I feel like I'm not performing enough. Mm -hmm. um, oh, Big, big news that I like big news. Let's hear it. 
don't know if it's good or bad, but uh, I haven't even announced it on Instagram. I yesterday canceled my Minnesota audition. And I think this is actually very good. Talk about behind the scenes, openly talking about the process. Yeah, I would. I looked, and honestly, I felt so. I was feeling like I was about to. I was starting to have panic attacks. Which and actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, especially <laughs> after Seattle and yeah. how hard I worked at that, but I also had to maintain these quartets. I also had to plan the shows. Grammys. Had, you had the Grammys. Like, it was dancing had a, at the Grammys. Like, you can't be... I, I was trying to, I was trying my best, mm-hmm. right? But other opportunities were just falling in my lap and I needed to pay bills as well. Yeah. So I realized, okay, I'm not going to be good at this audition. And like Becca Albers is the principal of the oldest there. She would have known that I was coming. I did not want to just absolutely show up and embarrass myself. I think it's a wise... Because we've talked about these things. Like, as we get older, one of the benefits, and this has been dawning on me recently, too, about being okay with certain things and also understanding being okay with things as a a business decision Mm -hmm. in that you know it's not a mystery on how much energy it takes to win an audition. We're surrounded by people who've done it and people Mm -hmm. who are still in the process of doing it. And seeing even those ones who haven't, accomplished it no matter how great they are and how much prep they are it's numbers game it's really a true energy and time and money investment particularly Mm -hmm. money and think about all the things think about the things you could have done even better or less stressed having not thought about that seattle audition that's what i'm saying like this podcast Mm -hmm. like I, i was not honed in on this and it was other things in my life. Like I, I lost two wedding gigs because I was honestly too busy to circle around people who didn't understand um, how these things work. Yeah. Right? I, I even tried that my mom and my brother. They were coming at me with, me with dates. They were like, how much How much do you want? It's, it's just like, okay. Yeah, it's like- I, had, I had an audition, right? Yeah. So I also... This the reason why I want to take auditions too. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Is because I've been, and I think I've said it before, but I've been bored. But more than that, I've never, I haven't wanted to take my viola out of the case. Mm. Like I had no reason to practice. Yeah, because like, I could show up and do everything right. Which is the one downside of a lot of these types of gigs is you can show up unless you're doing some like true crossover to where they're mashing up a, a, a Beethoven or something. A lot of this music isn't technically challenging for you. It might be for others, but if you're if you're laying down footballs, oh, but bro, we, and they're piping we went to, it in. We went to Juilliard. Yeah. Like I've I've learned how to play like Scriabin. Yeah, like Schoenberg. You can lay like, the football, and that doesn't. That's not. I of can course, play stuff. It's not discounting the quality stuff. of the music, but from a technical standpoint, it's just what it is. It what is, is your role yeah. in? Yeah, that. your and role. I'm is, thankful, and I love doing that role. It's mm-hmm. so much fun, and I get to trap I'm, and be with an audience, and people care people about what actually you do. listen. Like it's it's so great. I love. I drink it up. I drink it up. But what I think is super huge is like I still, as an artist, want to grow. I still mm-hmm. want to keep growing. And for me, I've been too afraid to like go down the improvisation route. Well, because it's scary. Because it's scary. So what was easier for me was to learn orchestral excerpts and try to get an orchestral job. But I was, I've been talking to Matt Bell, friend mm-hmm. of the podcast, Brian Fitzy, like one of my favorite string players on planet mm-hmm. Earth. 
you you need to meet him. He needs to be on the podcast. If you don't know Come who through. this guy is, Fitzy, uh, Brian Fitzy with the Z, he is incredible. He we did a Rainbow Road uh, cover <laughs> uh, on vi- violin and viola. He needs rock to do cover. It's incredible. I'll show it to you later. He needs to do a crossover, Fitzy Hustle. He raps too. So there we go. Yeah, he raps. Yeah, he's, It's like an acoustic cover of Nipsey Hussle. He's like the quintessential musician. So I, I was taught, and Leah Zeger has yeah. like really taken me under her wing. And I'm, I'm just practicing scales now. I'm just all day. And now I'm just like doing weird stuff, like just slurring patterns. And I'm just, it's great to not practice repertoire. I'm just, just practicing good. scales and just, I'm literally just fucking around, just trying to get better. I've, I've been, and I've and been more playing more now. because of, taking on students intentionally just to force me to like shed a little and I miss I miss playing but getting back into it helps with this audition I think it's it's probably it's a wise business decision not just from energy and cost because if you know what it's going to require like in almost no circumstances can it's showman showing up without having put in multiple hours a day mm-hmm. energy it's it's not something that can fake and be successful. Someone else, a lot of other people are setting aside because it's their main goal. And so if you, it's just not, it might not be a wise business decision for you to lose stuff preparing for it, but not being able to devote full energy and to then fly there, do the cost, the added like uh, difficulty of performing in front of future business contacts. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think it's a very wise decision to not do it in I, this instance. I think it yeah. is a wise decision to challenge yourself to have done the Seattle because if anything, like struggles are revealing. It is yeah. good to, I like to like this one little gig I'm doing now is this like very in-depth, ridiculous engraving gig. And I like the challenge uh, it's like okay, I'll, I'll walk away with this yeah. on this this portfolio. I'm going to learn from it. Um, I'll be able to use this this particular little job as an example, but it also shows you like, oh, I don't need to be doing this all the time. This isn't necessarily what I want to do. I don't yeah. regret it. And in the future, I would not say yes to these types of things. And so you learn a lot from it, but. The equivalent would be like me finishing this and then immediately saying yes to an, another. And mm-hmm. so you, you save your money and like as like the business, your business, if your business, imaginary business partner or the mm-hmm. business side of you would be like, is this the best investment of your funds and time? They'd probably say no at this time. Like you, if you're going to do an audition, you probably want to do a couple to lead up to a bigger one in Minnesota, like even smaller regional ones in LA and then set aside having to say no to tons of other things you probably mm. actually want to do I in order to do this thing. To. I did that, have yeah, to. Yeah, you in order to do this thing mm-hmm. that you might not even want. Bro, and even more so, and we've talked about it ad mm-hmm. nauseum, um, but it's just like, I, I want, I want to be, I think the biggest reason why I stopped or I wanted to do the 
orchestral route is because I do miss classical music mm -hmm. so much. And I want to keep getting better as a classical player. And I want to go down in history as one of the best viola players that mm -hmm. ever lived. I want classical viola players yeah. that ever lived, right? I want to be there. I want to be asked to go and perform with Emerson for mm -hmm. some viola quintets. I want that life. I, I want to be in that world too. However, um, I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I like, I like hip hop. <laughs> I like other things. <laughs> you know, things. I like, I like funk and I like jazz and I'm interested in other stuff too. Because so. the benefit, of course, of learning other things is that you can come in more informed to your principal focus, but again, mm -hmm. the, the energy cost, the investment, and just the awareness of what we want and I just don't want to learn another fucking concerto. So bro. I don't yeah. want to sit down and learn a I didn't want to learn concerto right now. And I yeah. and I didn't want to have to really learn the Mozart bassoon concerto. I <laughs> played that for thirty years. That was one of the big deciding yeah. factors between bassoon pursuing the, the rest of because I got both performance and composition degree. Yeah. And one of the reasons, a couple of different, was we talked about. I just happened to have very early on had more found more success in composition. Hell yeah. And but really too is that composition will almost always be ever changing. And it's nature. You're requ you're required. It's it's going to change. It has to grow every time. Yeah. And but soon I just I knew for the next fifty years of my life I will be making reads. Yeah. I will be playing the Mozart Bassoon Concerto. Ooh. I will have to practice the marriage of Figaro. Oh every that's a year. Bop, though. And oh, it was amazing. It's but amazing. but I would have to be looking at these these same little passages and keeping those fresh for the rest L of my little life. Little packages, mm. little passages, packages. You're right. I and, feel the same and thing. And so I didn't, yeah. I just knew, I knew then that wasn't for me. And that's panned out. It, mm. That is not for me. Almost but I still want to, but you still want to dip your you toe still, in. I still want to be in the orbit. I'm, ex I'm very comfortable knowing I won't be the best performer because also I haven't put in the, the time and I don't have any interest in the time. I want to be a good musician. That's what I'm saying, man. I yeah. feel that, yes. I wanted to be like, yes. oh, he was a good musician or he was a good artist. And it doesn't mean yeah. it was the best. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about it, look at the list of so many of these great guitarist lists and I always laugh because it's always popular people. Like Eric Clapton is, is a great guitarist. He should not be number one at the top of the guitarist list. Hmm. Like, because think of how many other, I'm, like I'm from a, sweaty people. from yeah. a technical, even like Jimi Hendrix, an incredible guitarist, yeah. very inventive, not the best technical player. Like all these other lists, there are more technical people. We don't put them this at the top of the list. This is your world. See, you gotta teach yeah. me guitar, bro. But but we don't put them at the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also because they're not super interesting either. Yeah. And like, you can't necessarily define who the best is. And different players have different goals. Jimi Hendrix didn't set out, and he was like, you know what? I really wish I had the best just technique ever. <laughs> no, he, he defied conventions, and that's why we love him. You're right. He, would, he, so he did things that were great. Eric Clapton didn't set out like, you know what? I just really need to work on you know, my, my wrist formation and uh, my yeah. finger, finger movement speed. Like, no, he was like, let me write a song called Cocaine. <laughs> like, that's, that's it. And it's yeah. not. And they explored other types of music. A lot of these artists that we love, they did other things and they, they kind of knew what they wanted. It wasn't just purely technique or necessarily the celebrity of it. They wanted to just be well. I know they wanted to be revered as musicians, as artists, as yeah. people. And then that's why they wind up on the top of the list, even though technically 
No, they're not the best players. Everyone who winds up on the top 20 list is actually not, should not be there. If you're thinking purely of like the actual skill. Yeah. They're, you'll yeah. never know those people's names. Yeah. You will never, you will, you will not know those people's yeah, names. That's true. Um, and I think that's the same with, with orchestra. You'll know the yeah. Philadelphia orchestra, but you know, you won't know the, the third chair bassist. Yeah. Right. And they could Unless be that's your cousin. Ridiculously. <laughs> and that could be, they are ridiculously talented. And like at the top. Filthy. They're, they're just insane. But they like also that. probably do some other stuff too that yeah. builds their career yeah. as well as an artist. Well, so. I mean, some of the people you bumped into at Seattle, um, like John on the, on the on the horn, like he's always doing mm. something else. He's got. They seems to have that personality. Like he's he's yeah. power lifter, and then he'll he'll like learn recorder, and like <laughs> and like do arrangements of video games for horn quartet. Like always diversifying. Seems to be like learning something, taking it seriously, and it seems to be like that can lead to a happy life. He's not sitting there just constantly like, okay, it must be about the horn. It must be about the horn. It must be about the horn. He's achieved a certain level. And he, I think it's an awareness that these other little things can feed back without having to just drive home and do the same thing every day. Hmm. It's the synthesis of mm -hmm. ideas that look, yeah. And I just want to be able to, my dream, my dream, dream, dream. People ask me all the time, like, what do you want? What's like your ultimate yeah, goal? Yeah, they right? always ask. I've only just recently discovered it. And it is to be an artist that can show up in any situation, musical, uh, cultural, you know, interpersonal. Like, just show up and make everybody feel so much better. And, and, and by that means, so if I go to Spain and there's a flamenco guitarist, I would want to throw down. I would want to throw down. I would want to understand the form. I would want to talk to him and learn and get a lesson from them. I would want to go over to Japan and play with a Koto player and, and like learn some improvisational scales from them. Uh, I just want to travel the we world have and a, meet dope musicians. Uh, yeah, very stuff. similar answer. And it took me a while to like figure that out too. And it's still, of course, there's a lot of like nuance of figuring out all the specifically not. Oh, and then rap about things. it. And, yeah. then, and then like put and it then, in my music. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> the, so I'll be like the, the hip hop Von Williams. Yeah, <laughs> hip hop Von Williams. <laughs> the, because people have asked, particularly even when talking with Amy about like, you know, moving cities, coming out here, business things. Like, well, what's the ultimate goal? Your five year plan, your 10 year plan. And it's a very hard thing because I can, like you, I can see so many different paths and all of them have pros and cons, but I'd be happy with many of them. And everyone asks, they're like, oh, what's the ultimate goal? Because for a lot of other people, it winds up being a little more easy to see. You're with this company, you're in this particular career. There are natural progressions to that career. You move up, you become a manager, you become a director, you want to produce things, uh, whatever it would be. And in mine, I, uh, or even in music, the, you want to, you want to win your way into a big orchestra. Mm -hmm. You want to become the principal of that orchestra. You want to have solo careers. You want to teach at this college. I'd be happy with multiple paths. And I think that's been one of the hard parts about the career is that my own lack of focus. I think there's like, there are a lot of difficulties about that in that if it was things were more clear, you can find success earlier because you can go in with the yeah. set mission. And that's okay, it comes, bro. It's, it's okay. Um, yeah. And I'm just being comfortable. Okay, I'm 
talking, people texting me right now. Um, having Dude, talks I know. With these, Nobody's yeah. texting me. Having, but having people I know who, who they have a very clear North Star. For mm. instance, they want to be a film composer. And they know that there are lots of different ways to go about being a great film composer. But that is their ultimate goal. Do and you want to so, be a film composer? I want it to be part of my portfolio. I don't want to wake up and people think, oh, like, he's a film composer or he's a regular composer or he's just this. Uh, uh, I want just to have an interesting life to, I think we, we've talked to someone about this before, but it's somewhat similar answer. For me, what I like about, I want two people to think of me is to be able to handle any situation. Yeah. And that involves diversifying. So if they come into me with the film and they need this type of music, I want to have the know-how and such a general knowledge that I could talk smartly about it. I could provide them service or to be a person enough of influence to refer them to who needs to be able to do that. Yeah. And so I love teaching, but I don't want to just be a teacher. I like mm-hmm. performing. I don't want to just be a performer. Mm-hmm. I want to be, I guess the ideal goal is the, what Elon Musk calls the, uh, generalist specialist. Yeah. I want to yeah. specialize yeah. in just being, having general. Just being a dude. Being a general. <laughs> being, being that dude. General. You want to be that dude. Yeah. You want to be and that dude. And I think dude. that's my yeah. end game. And the problem with this is that, that. Is that in order to be like that, it does, there's a lot of lack of focus. Bro, we should rebrand this podcast and be those dudes. Those dudes. <laughs> those dudes. That guys. That, that guys. <laughs> but it's true. But it's there's, there's fat guys. Fat guys. Fat guys. Fat guys. The T and H are, the TH <laughs> make a PH. But it makes it hard because the, even though the economy is shifting somewhat towards it, the problem that bumps into is in order to get what I want, you need experience in each of these. It has to change. And our economy is not set up for it, for rapid success. Oh, yeah. Especially right now. Yeah. Oh, my. But think about these. if, If there was a more singular focus, there's a more clear path with a clear North Star of becoming a film composer. Now, I'm just using that as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can be a music editor. You can be a supervisor. You can work with independents, documentaries. Go out there. You can study under someone. You can work under someone. You can do other types of music, and then hopefully they pull you in. Like, there are many paths to get to that point, but there's still clear focus. You can always take a step in the right direction, progressing towards that. And... It can be easy to see. It can be much easier to see year to year your progression towards that goal. And I think that's something that's hard for us is because our interests are so. It's it's a very spread out north star because mm-hmm. it can wind up being anything. Mm-hmm. It's more like the what is it, plinko or whatever. You drop the penny and ding 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 ding. Uh, that's kind of that's our career path where it's yeah. That's this true. little plink can take us any direction. And that while the end goal. It's the death. bottom is absolute <laughs> death. Um, there, there's, there, there's 30 different slots. I don't know. I've never played Planko. That, yeah. that you wind up with at the bottom. Yeah. And some are better than others. But we could be happy. It's like we're all racing towards that bottom. But the path there is so jagged and so windy. Mm-hmm. And the unlike the, the North Star of, like say, film composer, which is fairly clear, you 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 can wind up at that very clearly versus ours. There's multiple landing points, mm-hmm. and some of them are vastly different than the others. Mm-hmm. It's hard because if I knew five years ago I wanted to be a film composer, I'd have gone 
I could be much further in that. Yeah. In that particular field. If you'd like gone to a different yeah. school. Yeah. Well, not even that. I'd, I'd know I'd go to this school. I know I'd yeah. want to assist under someone. I know yeah. I'd want to be going to this event. You, you can you can make wiser business decisions on getting yourself to that goal, so that someone with a more set path would have found more success yeah. and would be able to stay in that orbit because they know what they want. The see, hard, yeah, the I want to ask you the, yeah. I want to ask you this question though because mm-hmm. I've been confronting this too. Yeah. Do we need to get there fast? No. Or, or and do we need to? Does the, it need the, to happen right the now? The phrase that sticks to my mind. The, I like where I'm at right it, now. The, the difficulty is, is is just from an economic standpoint yeah. in that we're always going to be shifting jobs. Because you need new skill sets every year. I've had a new position, a new job, uh, as opposed to five years where you could be comp- uh, progressing through the same types of motions, where you can move up, move up, move up. There's a lot of lateral movement with what we do, mm-hmm. and that's difficult to be because you wind up 35 and you're still an associate of. You've been in multiple positions, but it's hard to progress, and there's benefits of progressing financial status, whatever. Uh, So there are a lot of inherent difficulties with that stability. But to your point, the one thing I like and to think about, the the kind of the benefit is we also have a broader set of choices. That's, of course, the hard part is that we have too many options of what we could do and it can be spread out. But the phrase is from Farnham Street. It's this website and it's a philosophy, whatever. But one of their mean, I don't know if you call it like top 10 or 10 things to live by or rules. One of the first ones that comes up is direction is more important than speed. Mm. And, and, and like that, and it really, and that I remember that line specifically because a lot of it rings true in that Mm. it doesn't matter how fast you're going. If you're going in the wrong direction, that is a negative thing. It, you have to make up that sometimes. That's true. But, if you are working, even regardless of how slow it is, if, if it is in guided and somewhat in a direction you want, that is useful because you will reach that destination. It does not matter how slow you go as long as you do not stop. Yeah, because you can keep going. Like it, You're going to have kicks. It, it, even if, it's, if you're slowly progressing in something, if that's the direction you want or a wise direction, mm-hmm. that is much more valuable than working quickly Speeding through something that's just going the wrong so way. So practice your ki- your scales, practice children. Your scales, children. There. Telling you, I'm telling you, Wanda. I know you listening. Are you practicing your scales? <laughs> are you practicing? Are you are you really practicing? Good. Okay. Good. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I can tell. I can tell because your pl- your your intonation's improving. Like you're giving. I wonder how better. long till any of my students start listening to this. Dude, I, I I love that my some of my students listen. I'm ready. Well, I know I've got like family, my sister. Boutique big, Paul big was fan. in my live yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, his nice. Pod's like Dude, he's, nine. he's a he's a yeah. super fam. So yeah. we can't call, we don't call him fam. We gotta call him fams. Fam. He's, so he's a super. He's fam. a super fam. He's he's always tweeting. He's repping yeah. us. Yeah. We got we got a we'll we'll um we'll phone it we'll phone him in sometime. That'll be fun. Uh, I don't even know what he sounds like. I have no idea either. Uh, I mean, because we know he's gonna hear this. Is stuff. that the sigil of star? <laughs> but no, it actually is. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. a Game of Thrones nerd. Aunt, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm drinking out of this mug, and there's the giant the uh, House of Stark sigil. House of Stark sigil. And, and every time it's I like take wolf, a sip, the dire wolf. I imagine I'm drinking away season eight. Yeah, just just forget. Shh, 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 
forget. It's okay. Forget. No, the the show ended season six. Yeah, 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 that's what really. And even happened. then, it kind of trailed off. Jon okay. Snow is still dead. He's still dead. <laughs> Spoilers, I guess. Damn. Sorry. To, I mean, honestly, if you no, we're seen, sa- and plus we're saving your time. You're yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah you know. It's good. It's good, but like The Witcher is really good too. Oh, is it good? I I watched it. I can't figure really it out good. because I was someone was watching it beside me on an airplane, mm-hmm. and I and it just like looks like it could be bad, mm. like visually. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, it looks beautiful, but I'm like reading the subtitles and dialogue, so I didn't actually experience it. And I'm like, I. But here's the thing: I couldn't. I couldn't look away. So yeah. for a, a a couple hour flight, I'm sitting there just. Staring at this other dude's iPad, just like watching his show, <laughs> and his like wife, like these people look very LA. Like the, they were rolling in They're both on iPad Pros, and like they just didn't say a word to each other. But they're like beautiful looking, thirty something creatures, and like so this dude's watching The Witcher, uh-huh. and he's drinking his protein powder on Hell the plane. Yeah, dude, what a as you move. do. And That's and his wife sitting there with her giant yeah. wedding ring, and she's on her iPad Pro, and she's watching you. Uh-huh. The Netflix show. And I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, The Witcher is just you for dudes. Like, uh, like to where it's just, it's. A lot of women love it too. Drugs. Yeah, like a it, lot it, of it pulls you in. Well, a lot of like, women love Game of Thrones. Dude, that, uh, that. Oh, main Henry, car- Henry yeah. Cap- Cavill? I don't know. Cavill? I don't know. Dude, he, he is, he looks fucking he looks sexy. He, and in The he's Witcher too. Sexy, because he always looks, looks too yeah. pretty when he's like Superman or whatever. But he's and all And then they dirty him up. And I'm like, so I'm just staring at him. I'm like, this is this is a, this is a man. We talked about a it a man. little bit. Charisma on Command talked about it. And that's oh, they why talked I watched about him? the show. Yeah, they talked about talked about his character oh, because how he one. he always moves so slowly and he never moves when people tell him to, and oh. he doesn't quickly respond to people's answers because, like biologically, it's a trick. So think about it: is a is a, is a lion gonna like be twitchy or twitterpate? If a mouse runs around, no. Because if the lion's not hungry, he doesn't care about the mouse, mm-hmm. right? And so you got to think about that power dynamic. A person who is a powerful person or a person who wants to be perceived as powerful, right? Mm-hmm. In, in terms of body language, you can show that power, that confidence by moving slower, talking slower, saying fewer words like your dad. And also, even in terms of how people interact, just linger for a second and then do whatever you were going to do. I right? need to because watch it, that. It's, they he does even that to talked about it. So mm-hmm. think of someone who does it really well. Mm-hmm. Obama. Yeah. America. He pauses. I pause. Yeah. <laughs> And and you wait for it and other factors in there too, but that's that's part of it. He takes his time. He's Someone else who orator. should not have charisma, who is hard to look away from, just visually his story. Mm-hmm. John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. Like look at him. He's a writer. He's a pasty white dude from the suburbs of Chicago. Mm-hmm. His stories, his background, his comedy does not lend itself to someone. When you think of charisma, you wouldn't think of John Mulaney. But here's the thing: when he walks into the room. You can tell he is someone you should pay attention to by how he speaks. And a good example of that is I've watched a lot of interviews of him is that he does pause and think about that response. Mm-hmm. And it's powerful. Yeah. And I think it comes from his writer, his writer brain. But yes, he's very quick because yeah. of 
improv and writer is very clever. Yeah. But seeing him actually in interviews, he, while well, he just has a fast processor up there, he still pauses and thinks about the response. And there was a really great, it's actually a very informative segment, uh, and just like entertaining. That's why I between do miss him, improv. Between dude. him and uh, I do miss him. Between two great improvers, mm -hmm. John Mulaney and Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert. He's getting interviewed on there. I saw that. I saw exactly what you're talking about. And they, they they paused. And yeah, there's that one segment where yeah. like Colbert asked him, you know, John, so how do you, you know, when the camera's off, like when you go, how do you like look at yourself in the mirror and like yeah. feel okay and be, you know, what's it like being with yourself? Very like yeah. deep questions. Yeah. And John Mulaney like asked him, he's like, can I have, I need to have a second. Can I have a second? And he sits yeah. there and drinks the coffee. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and it's and a great it's a moment. It's a great moment. And they yeah. both have incredible Responses. responses. And then he turns it on Colbert and he pauses and he thinks about it. It you was can just poignant. Tell, yeah, you can tell these are people of intelligence and they weren't just, they're not going on just to fill a spot. They, and they're both talented and quick and could respond, but they, they don't have to. And, it's a moment and, of vulnerability. And there's a reason why, yeah. that's part of the reason why we're sitting there watching them on YouTube mm -hmm. as opposed to a million other people who might be able to go up there and that they're able to process, think about it, understand the impact it. We're of what we're building. We're trying. It. So what what we really want to do is just be on the tonight show. <laughs> <laughs> what I think Shout out. it it's an it speaks to that that psychology and that body mm -hmm. language as well. Even like emotionally, if you're somebody who opens up, it's the same as presenting your neck to an enemy, right? Mm -hmm. It's just saying if you want to hurt me, you can, but I don't care because you're not that important. That's what, <laughs> that's, yeah. you know what, that's what real confidence and what real vulnerability looks like and what it means. And it's always scary, but at the end of the day, that person, when they're interacting with a person of a similar resonance, they feel that they can present those things. I've been listening. That's why empathy is important. For some, I don't know if it's sheer coincidence or whatever, but multiple podcasts, YouTubes or whatever, I keep getting, maybe they just all got released around the same time yeah. by chance, but a lot of information about Alexander the Great. Oh, yeah. And that's, I'm named the, after the, my middle name. Yeah, that's why my mom said Alexander. She's like, see, oh, I can't get shit, away Drew. from this. I'm getting micro-targeted by uh, Alexander conquered. the Great stands. Just <laughs> like, they're just like, dude, we're going to plant his middle name and then. This is this is ultimate branding. So good for you, Love, Data. Bro. Data Cruncher. Google's just, Hell yeah. like, let's send him, let's set up a, a 40 episodes of a podcast just just so he'll buy this Alexander the <laughs> um, What'd you learn from it? Uh, like uh, multiple things. So one of them. <clears throat> you good? <laughs> one of them's talking about. It's all over the air. I've been trying to listen to uh, her first couple of albums because mm -hmm. I'm working on a cover of. Uh, if I uh, if uh, if I ain't got you, uh, I'm so some bad with names. Oh, okay. oh, the most famous. I like, don't want nothing at all. It's that gap. Don't you, baby? Yeah, I want. I want. I'm doing a viola cover only of that. I'm trying to get back into the YouTube shit. Hell yeah! Speaking of Alicia Keys. So Alexander the Great. Oh yeah, <laughs> Just, sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we, we had to, to take a take a brief pause. But uh, yeah, for some reason, it's coming across my feed. Either it's the Art of Manliness podcast, Dan Carlin, Art of Manliness podcast. Yeah, 
That's I'm a really not, good one because it, it doesn't sound as as broy as you think. I want it's very some bro similar shit. to. I like bro shit. It's not like oh, here's all these man. Dude, jokes. I am but, a bro. But That's they have the they have a lot of <laughs> a lot of the same guests you'd see on any other podcast, authors or the other things. But they just they put in the sphere. It's just it, it comes through with another lens. The manly what is it? Art of manly. Art of the manliness. very popular one. But they'll have people of all sorts of backgrounds. So it's not hey, come in here and talk about testosterone things, but. Nah, Craftsmanship, man, woodmanship, writing, greats from history. Oh, it's this episode. Hell. It was the most recent one. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. What, what even is it called? It's uh, the audacious command of Alexander the See? Great. And so, not just that. Yeah. Like, I swear, like ten, ten other. I'm just getting hammered. I just listened to uh, Dan oh, Carlin's whoa. about Alexander the Great, and then YouTube starts popping up and, yeah. and starts feeding me Alexander the Great battles, battles, but. Mm-hmm. All these things are coming up, and it's neat hearing about this person because uh, of what they were able to accomplish, their moment in history, mm-hmm. and the support of the mother, who apparently just seems to be a badass. Like, we, we want to get oh, Alexander the Great yeah. without his, like, ridiculously Dude, badass mom. If you have a badass mom, no, you it's won't badass have a mom. badass and so, boy. And, he, and also, you know? he, he loved he loved his mom. He was also the son of Philip And Macedon. he was definitely, yeah. And he just and it's, it also extreme. brings up conversations of timing because his 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 father Philip is about to go out and set off on this huge super successful campaign against and Persians he gets, and he gets yeah. assassinated right before the doors open. So then Alexander steps into this moment. He's prepared for this moment. It's he like studied under his private tutor was Aristotle, mm-hmm. and he loved him. Yeah. And so Aristotle, who's Given credit as you know, one of the great thinkers and probably one of the smartest people who's lived, huh? Oh, oh, sure. And and Alexander the Great was most doubtedly he was definitely gay. Really? Yeah, he was definitely gay. And he had to, and you can just tell by the writings and from what some of these other things I've mentioned, just the idea of sexuality. They were more open back then than we are now. Uh, I wonder if that's just the state of the religion or just there was an entire gay Spartan army. Like, or division. I did not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Spartan or the Thebes, Thebians, or one of those old yeah, Greek, yeah, one of the Greek, 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 Greek things. city-states. There was yeah. a, a unit of 300 or some uh, gay people. in specific. And, and, like, that was part of being in this unit, which uh-huh. you were supposed to be. And the idea was the bond and brotherhood would make you fight harder. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, if, if like, your lover's beside you and it's, like, they yeah. die— you're gonna be devastated, and so they specifically. And you're gonna go on a fucking rampage. Yeah, and take like you're like gonna fifty motherfuckers yeah, out. You're gonna, you know, <laughs> you're gonna go full three hundred. But yeah. like, think about that. Like mm-hmm. in the U.S. Army, like oh, you're, I'm yeah. in the gay division. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, but that would in the yes homo division. Yeah, like, but it's true. Like, and so that that's and that's not even like a, a spin. Like that existed, and so for him, he was just way more fond of men. Mm-hmm. Way more fun. That's who he loved. When you read his, when they talk about his writings and like who he, like that's what, that's what he loved. And, but also still was able to have kids. He needed to. He's royalty mm-hmm. and was married a couple of times. But <laughs> the line in there, one of the historians, historians was talking about. He didn't Philip, have an heir, Philip, did he? his, his, his uh, father was total, total man whore. Yeah. And like yeah. was trying to just pump yeah. out airs left and right and oh. would just have sex with anything. And then Alexander was just not like that. He was he was more yeah. interested. And then 
Well, he focused on yeah. battle. <laughs> yeah, he's, dude, <laughs> he's killing. And so, anyway, so he yeah. winds up being, you know, a, a great, a great strategist, and he revered his teachers. He revered philosophy. So while he's doing all these campaigns, you know, conquering the known world, as they called it, going as far as India, he was always sending back birds and animals and scientific things to Aristotle. Mm-hmm. Like think about it. that's that's a devotion of resources. If you're in if you're in war, you don't waste your time and energy doing things that aren't war specific. But he revered his teachers. Mm. He's taking up resources, sending someone to send back birds, animals for Aristotle to study, writings from the places he's going in and conquered. Now also he is sacking some of the cities. Basically if you stood up to him and you made his if you made his life hard, mm-hmm. like at Tyre, mm-hmm. T Y R E, he's gonna he's gonna enslave you and kill all of your people. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's kind of like the known thing there. Take your but women. He, yeah, it's and intimidation. Then, then, He's hoping yeah. everyone... But looking at all these these battles um, and why he was able to be more successful is he seemed to have been able to adapt, but he he led, he led his troops. Mm-hmm. And something for us hard to comprehend now. None of our generals are out there running around in the le- tank leading the charge. And he did that. He was still at the front of the line, which is stupid. You could die at any time. Mm-hmm. But he knew about morale. He always took care of his troops. Mm-hmm. And he just gets assigned a lot of these charismatic elements and empathetic elements. Because it was not very well done at the yeah, time. It, it was, was not like one done. Of the it innovators, was innovators. You know? Yeah. It, he kind of came in there. The troops loved him mm-hmm. because he made sure they were always well fed. Yeah. He was not, he, what would, a not, concept, he would not push, right? yeah, he would not push forward. And that's something that in any of these, if you're looking at any of battle history, you think of Hitler invading Russia, Napoleon invading Russia, like yeah, not free. taking care of the troop. It's not going to work out well. It's bad for no, morale. It's and, one reason why yeah. Hitler lost in Russia. Yeah. It's just you know? being. It went too fast. It went, went too fast and made stupid ego moves. Yeah. Instead of smart. Against his warriors. leaders. Yeah. The military leaders. Hitler's a big one. Like, it's yeah. he made just purely dumb moves. Mm-hmm. Stalingrad, which is where yep. Hitler fell, yeah. was, was just loss. such a dumb move. Yeah. Because he wanted to capture it because Stalin's, Stalin's name, name went in right. it. And like, what a dumb, like that was the worst place to do. And that he was the number one the reason why Stalin was like, y'all better not lose this yeah, fucking Yeah, and, and he didn't want to lose it. I already it. killed 10 million of y'all. I, yeah. How many, how many we got left? Through. Jerry, how many, how many we got left? Can we check the numbers? How many, how, okay. Send him in Stalingrad. Like that's what it was the like, one, man. And just to bring it back into how we got on this whole Alexander the Great thing, but just mm. as an example, besides your middle name, uh, just hey. as an example is charismatic, led the troops, people trusted him. Mm-hmm. He was part of it. He wasn't distant. He wasn't back home pointing the finger. He wasn't paying people off. They liked him. They stood behind him. Mm-hmm. Even though he was only half Macedonian, technically. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though other complications was young. His first battle he ever led, he was 16. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine some 16-year-old punk telling you to go fight for a die? But, but if, but he if was his dad smart. is like he a learned fucking and adapted. King. He knew like, he knew when to retreat. Yeah. He knew he knew people underestimated him. He knew all these other things. He knew when when people needed to fear him. But Not he was empathetic. Belly. Yeah, empathetic to his troops. He fought among them. He understood them. He walked among them. Mm-hmm. And he was as we've mentioned before, he 
stayed close to the suffering. And that's something that people give credit to a quality of like an Abe Lincoln, who yeah. has like a lot of like negatives about him as a person. Like he looked funny, he's yeah. got a crazy wife. Yeah, uh, crazy he's wife. like not good at a lot of things, but why people trust him or the quality was that he, he stayed age. he stayed close to the suffering apparently. He went to see the his troops. He went he would walk among the camps and see people getting their legs chopped he off. He talked to he talked yeah. to the general he yeah. went close to the And them. when you look at someone like uh Hitler, oh, he, he never, never they did they that. hid them away. He would they put going through Berlin, Berlin's getting bombed. Mm -hmm. They had the little curtain over his cart, mm -hmm. the little curtain over his window, like mm -hmm. you'd see in a movie. Mm -hmm. He did not want to see the suffering. Mm -hmm. They hit him away in a bunker. Mm -hmm. They would, mm -hmm. yes, man, and they would lie to him about what's actually happening. He was on methamphetamines. He was Half really, the really high. Army was on They were all really high. Yeah, they were all um, super high, dude. Super. <laughs> bro, you want to like bro, make friends? Bro, what if we like? You want to hit Poland real quick? Like, Here, take like, this pervatil, bro. You want to like blitz this creek? Mm, no, dude, this creek. Dude, we could totally blitz this creek. We totally break the Bro, we, we won't even finish it, though. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even finish it. Eat that pig. Yeah. <laughs> Do I we totally eat that pig? Yeah, one of my favorite, favorite <laughs> moments. But, so long story short, yeah, uh, guys, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't be Hitler. If there's you know, one takeaway, because because like, you were going through, and the reason why we're on this kick is because we exchange. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how we exchange military history uh, recommendations. <laughs> so he was watching the World War II in color. I, I had already watched it, so it's still so fresh good. in our minds. I'm watching Vietnam right now. Oh, the it's Ken like, Burns. The, well, yeah, Ken Burns. Yeah, 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 it's it's in. I just incredible. listened. So I'm gonna catch that. I just listened to the Dan Carlin's Vietnam. Vietnam, and we'll episode. switch. Yeah, 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 we'll switch and then we'll off. Swap. And yeah. it's. Again, it's is that it's on the addendum or is it there's on the addendum? Yeah, oh, I'm almost everything's on the addendum. Shit. But that's another good one. No, do Vietnam so how, is just how different and we didn't learn the lessons. Yeah. We haven't learned the lessons from yeah. Vietnam. It's blowing my mind that we're and also we've like never we still haven't recovered from it because it was the first time we really lost and everyone knew it. Well, it, it, we lost because we didn't get anything done, and yeah. it, it ended up worse. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. didn't fix it. Yeah. It was worse. Yeah. It was the first time, like, it was the chink in the armor. Mm, we, of the empire. Yeah. yeah, it's like, wait a minute. On the Look war, who we lost to. On the Vietnam War with Sir Max? Yeah, it's great. Okay. Okay. It's great. But, okay, enough about all these history things. So, yeah, don't oh. be Hitler. Um, I'm such a nerd. I'm but, you sorry. Know, stay everybody. among your troops. Look at the great, also the great CEOs, great presidents, the great of of, of even our yeah. arts organization. Yeah. So the one who I just met, Vanessa, she's now in charge of New Music USA, and she's coming out and doing these talks. Mm -hmm. And she was talking to people like me, mm -hmm. bottom of the barrel, mm -hmm. uh, people in the field. Yeah. I'm not the CEO of anything. No. And. They're coming out and doing actual talks. It's not presentations about, oh, here's the organization. And to their credit, she comes out and the first thing, you know, it's like, we won't, we won't actually want your feedback. We're going to break down, talk, you know, tell us what we need. We're going to, and then they also pulled up slides and information of their exact financial situations. They were breaking down the truths of their company, the back end, and it was informative. So she just told us, she's like, Okay, so like this is how much money we pull in. This is how much we're able to distribute as grants to other organizations. Here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we haven't been able to do. Um, 
you know, if someone asked like, why is, why do, it doesn't seem like most people in New York are little, you know, the new music bubble where most of it happens. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are, why are all their projects getting funded? What about even a big city like LA? We don't mm-hmm. get as much funding. And she's just right there saying, well, New York, we get most of our money. Like this percentage of the budget comes from a New York fund. Mm. It is a New York state council thing and it is earmarked for New York specific projects. So they're, that's why they're getting their money. And it's just a simple like, oh, aha, instead of seeing something mysterious, um, they were just literally telling us their numbers yeah. right there as part mm. of the proposal. And there was no hidden thing. They weren't preaching to us about what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Actual conversation. She's going around to multiple cities to figure out how to run this organization. She had just joined maybe a couple months before. Got it. But bringing on people onto the board who are working in it, not just random rich people donors. That's true. Because you want your board members to really facilitate a lot of the connections you're going to need to grow and scale. And you need someone there who's like, who is still in the process. So Mm -hmm. they've got a really good composer. She's on the board. Mm-hmm. It's not a advisor to the board where they bring it. Bring in Do the people. Do board members get paid? Uh, it depends on organizations. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes not. Most yeah. no, because often it's you're there to advise and you have money from elsewhere. Yeah. Or. But what would be the value of being a board member? Is it just like another. Pure. Thing to. Influence. Uh, oh, okay. And. Yeah. I'm on and the mission. board. So I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Like when someone who's on a board who's like in the arts, who's younger, who's pulling in, who's not making tons no, of money. None of us art. have money. Yeah, <laughs> just at that stage, but she's she's part of- I'll be on the board or something. I'll be at work. I'll and be. you're hoping I'm pretty to connected. onto other boards. But I'm pretty connected. I think this composer, she would know that being there is is very important and a, yeah. and a good mission to be able to direct whenever they're making a money decision, be like, hey, this, this is going to make this type of impact. Uh-huh. or let's put our funds towards here, or we should be funding more of these things. Mm-hmm. Because with an organization like this, it is, again, a weird situation to where their job is to distribute money Ooh. and also make money. So they are a an organization that doles out grants and funds to artists to get their projects done. In order to do that, they need to raise what? Grants and funds. So they, so they themselves put out a lot of resources to go to the National Endowment of the Arts to raise money, to go to these New York State Councils. They are both having to raise a ton of money and their their sole job is to be asked for money. Mm-hmm. So it's there. It's a weird, that's got to be a weird situation. And that a lot of organizations so, are like that. Bro, but when you make, that, when you make a lot of money, mm-hmm. what else are you going to do with your time? Like yeah. you could go get more money, but then... Really doesn't it doesn't my money. it stops meaning. If you get things. enough, you can run for president. <laughs> right, man. I'm, this, I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm our thinking, first ad buy. This ad, Bloomberg. My, my, Mike Bloomberg, Mike Bloomberg here. Um, yeah. Don't vote for me because I'm paying for the election. Yeah, you know, but I will. Like, yeah, but I'll collect that check. I'll collect that check. No, I I would think about it. I probably wouldn't do it as my artist because I, I wouldn't want to have that L. Because like, we're in the internet. In the internet, oh yeah, that'd be a big L. You, and that would last forever. That twenty five hundred yeah, bucks. But, but remember, he's a great guy. But he did and a Bloomberg ad. Well, there was an article talking about I had student loans. Damn it! Yeah, come on. There was. Uh, come on. <laughs> he's not gonna win. <laughs> so, 
I need his money. <laughs> the there was an article too about people because he's paying. He's got a ton of funds, so what that also means is a lot of staff. Yeah. And so he's just he can just throw money at the wall, and it's not mm-hmm. a risk. Mm-hmm. And he's paying a bunch of people to go out and influence, be influencers, make the calls do the things you need to do as a campaign. And apparently a bunch of people were taking the money, sending out the scripted text, mm-hmm. and then immediately following up with JK, vote Bernie Warren. <laughs> and Law. so they were like, oh, text blah, 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 blah. He's, he's the voice we need, blah, blah, blah. Whoop. Next test, uh, JK, vote Bernie Warren. <laughs> that is <laughs> like, beautiful. Which is hilarious. That'd Trolls. Be, that's what you get when you hire a bunch of 20-year-olds. You're going to get trolled. Oh, 100%. I'm I'm like almost Troll I'm closer supreme. to 30 and I'm feeling like I can troll people. Troll supreme. Uh, but anyway, we're not trolling you when we say that we love you. Yeah. And we, we're so happy that you listen. But we actually love you. We've had a we've had a really great time making this podcast for you guys. And we're going to keep going. It. We really yeah. do want to hear back from you. We're going to yeah. – we have a new segment – uh, thanks to one of our listeners called Real Mail. So Real Mail. We will talk. Real notes. Real notes to yeah. uh, Drum. I want. We want Doc on here. A great, actually, uh, mentor and teacher of mine. So if that shows you who's listening, oh, we're, in a, we're in a lot of trouble. Oh, we got. Man. We got faculty. I think they like. Members. I think oh, they no, like this, that we talk and this about bullshit. Great, like a uh, true creative. Maybe uh-huh. we will. I didn't even think of it. it didn't come to me. We'll we'll have, we'll have him on. We we, have him on oh my god! This dude's a badass. Who? Okay. This dude's a badass. Okay, tell me off the air. He's a, he's a, yeah, he's a, tell me off the air. He's just a true creative, a true badass, and the type of person you'd want to hear from. Just really interesting. But reaching out and and and, and naming a segment for us. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, you told me about it. Yeah. yeah, dude. There we go. So so think about that, guys. You can send in, and then maybe we'll give you credit for doing real, our work for Real us. mail instead of faking mail. It's real. I swear. <laughs> We didn't make this up ourselves. Which is almost even more on brand. I, I may I may have made up a couple of those uh five star comments Plus. though. I, I may a couple of those may have been me. But uh yeah, we, we need a we need a five star. I wanted I would rather if it was you. So if you could leave us five stars and a little review. Reach out to us. Dope. So hit us up on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be shortly overhauling our contact system. We've survived enough where it's time to put in effort and resources into reaching you more and more posts, not necessarily more pods, but more guests, just getting out there. And, and we want to, the whole point is to build this faking fam and to have yeah, a so network and, and to interact with you. And it's hard because all you do is sit here and listen to us talk to you. We need you to talk to us. Uh, it's okay. So but send us audio files. To... We'll throw it in there. Uh, send us comments. Oh, send yeah. Us, send us questions. We'll do it. We'll do anything. Piece it in. But we'll, we'll have a more formal call of like how to go about this. But what we want is just we want to know. We can get a thoughts. we can get a phone number. You know those apps. Oh, we can just do Google a Google. We can get a phone number and then you can call us. Like I've, I've, or text I, us. I did that stuff. for an app thing where I had to set up some phone. It freaked me out though because it was like I don't know what it's called, but it's just it's a Google thing. But I set it up uh, for that one app from our past. Oh yeah, uh, passport yeah. and. Uh, and so I, I didn't want it on my, my actual phone, so I set up like a Google whatever it is to try to make a new account. And I started getting like medical calls. Really? People trying to collect. Oh, but that's okay. No, no, not no, not even spam. Like it I feel like I took because you would take over someone else's number. Like any number's up for grabs. And so I thought it'd be funny to put my number uh, in Utah. 
And so I started receiving calls of people like wanting about medical results. And I'm like, did I take over the phone of some former scam? Uh, people leaving me voicemails being like hey we're trying to check down Debbie's uh, records like could you forward those to us whoa. I'm, like, uh, I'm like oh no oh no so of course I forwarded them her records uh, <laughs> Debbie's Debbie's gonna be okay she's gonna be okay, gonna you, be okay. You, you logged into your quantum computer and it <laughs> happened before <laughs> it even booted up <laughs> but uh, thanks again everyone for listening Yeah, and yeah. keep it up reach out to us uh, keep your dream alive. Let us know what you're up to. Yeah, I'm a, if and if you don't, if you don't leave us a rating, I'm gonna key your bar of soap into <laughs> obscene shapes. Uh, and you know what I'm talking about. You will have wieners on your soap. Wieners on your soap, guys. Five stars. Five stars for wiener soap. Please. <laughs>